everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 Podcast Constructors Championship Edition. Welcome to myself, to Tommy, the WTF1 founder, and Katie, the WTF1 author, one book of one, currently on the shelves in absolutely Look, I have nowhere. it here. I have Ooh. it with me on my Are desk you prepared? at the moment. I have you, it, yeah, after a thing yesterday. I'm that just going to sit with this here for the whole... Yeah, I think yeah, I think every sort of five minutes, just turn the page and just hold it, Ooh, just hold nice. it there, so people can see the great, great the annual promo intro. Here's this book look, you can I no longer buy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe this year. Who knows? Anyway, yes. today this podcast, we're going to be talking about the constructors' championship and where we predict uh, they're going to finish from tenth to first. So we'll start with last place, and I believe we may all agree with this particular team, and then go from there. Give our thoughts. Uh, and and so on. So, are you both happy with that? Are you ready to dive into this? Let's do it. Brave Let's baby. Do it. Okay. So, in tenth position, my team is Hass. <laughs> I am also Hass. <laughs> yes, I am also Hass. I don't think it, that's a <laughs> the biggest shakeup in what? Formula One Shock. history. Hass. Obviously, Hass <clears throat> did come out and well, not come out and say, but they have been pretty much shrugging away, pushing away the 2021 season to prepare for 2022. However, it's not gone particularly to plan. The mileage and testing was suboptimal, let's put it that way. And they haven't really sort of come out the blocks firing, which some people may have hoped for. But, you know, it's a combination of it. You can't produce a miracle overnight or even over a year because they are still new regulations. The team is very much, you know, at the bottom and having to figure out a new philosophy completely and they also have drivers that aren't experienced enough you know I rate Mick Schumacher and I think he will do a lot better this season he's always taken a year to to get up to speed in whatever formula he's in I feel although this year it will almost feel like a new formula because of how many things have changed that, that the Formula One car from last year and this year isn't entirely comparable obviously it's still four wheels and you know good in a straight line but they're still very different 18 inch wheels compared to the 13-inch uh, that they had last year. So for me, it just is, they need that experienced driver to push the team forward that knows how to develop a car, and they don't have that. Plus, you know, I think the whole team themselves are in a little bit of crisis at the moment that I can't see them really pushing forward. Yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, compared to other teams on the grid like Ferrari and Williams and stuff, Haas are still so new to the concept of Formula One, obviously. They joined in 20, I want to say 2016. I feel like that's right. I'm not sure. Um, but they joined many years ago. And um, although they've had some really great drivers there, like Grosjean, like Magnussen, that have helped build the team, they've seen, you know, variable levels of success. Um, yeah, things have sort of taken a few steps back. And I feel like they're really going to struggle to to catch up, especially surrounding everything that's going on at the moment, obviously, with the situation with uh, Russia and the Ukraine. Uh, Uralkali have taken their sponsorship away from the team. That's obviously a huge amount of money that would go towards the development of the car. Um, we're also unsure of who's going to be in that seat, whether it'll be Mazepin, whether somebody like Fittipaldi will come in. Once again, a great driver, but somebody with a lot of or lack of experience. There's rumours that somebody like Giovinazzi could come back, um, whether he will or he's got enough money, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I've just got a feeling that this isn't going to be Haas this year. And if I was Gene Haas, I don't know if I'd want my name to be associated with this team much longer. So I think I would start to think about selling it for 2020. To Andretti. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that'd be a smart move. 
yeah, it's it's a mix of everything, isn't it? Inexperienced drivers, jeopardy. Um, yeah, they're not they're not in a great place. Even even though this was the year, you know, they're meant to have more development time, and uh, you know, they they didn't care too much about uh, last season because this was the year they were going to improve. It couldn't have got off to a worse start, really, in terms of one, the reliability, and two, just all the controversy again uh, for the third season in a row, just controversy surrounding Hass and um, chaos. So uh, it does seem like Mazepin is extremely likely to lose his seat and uh, Fittipaldi um, coming in. So, I mean, even, uh, you know, even. Giovinazzi coming in, uh, who's a lot more experienced than Fittipaldi, who is very inexperienced, um, and CV isn't wowing. Um, even though it's nice, you know, it'd be nice to see a Brazilian driver back on the grid. Um, I'd still put him tenth. Yeah, it, it it just everything seems to be going wrong with that team at the moment. So fair enough. We've got rid of the <laughs> the bottom uh, team for all of us. Now let's, but that was obviously going to be Hass. Now we move over to Alfa Romeo. So how we'll do it is we'll go through teams rather than our positions because it does vary, which is exciting. You know, we're going to have maybe a, a little bit of a, you know, a bit of an argument as to which one uh, goes next. But Alfa Romeo, we're going to move to next. I have put them eighth. Are you not going to expand on that or are we going through a more first? Okay, I, I've done ninth. And I've also <laughs> gone for ninth as well. I think it's better to do it that way. And then we okay, have, and then we, and then the we, okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know? sure, go for it. But if, if you want to talk about the structure in the middle of the podcast, that's what I find. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I've gone with eighth. Um, a little bit more hopeful for Alfa Romeo than, than Tommy and Katie. I can only guess who they've put eighth and I've put ninth. But um, for me, I think the, the key differential between that and the other team, which we will discuss, is that there's a bit more experience uh, under that team uh, with Valtteri Bottas, of course, being in that car. I know their testing didn't go to plan really as, as well. Their mileage was very similar to Haas over the course uh, of those three days at Barcelona. But I think experience is in- incredibly crucial at a time where the, the regulations have changed so drastically and they need a driver that can give feedback almost instantly. And I think that Bottas is someone that can do that. Yes, he's not on Lewis Hamilton's caliber in terms of challenging for championships, but he's certainly no slouch either. And clearly that unit of Bottas and Hamilton worked together incredibly well to create Mercedes winning, you know, constructors upon constructors upon constructors titles. So for me, maybe Alfa Romeo will be back behind um, Williams obviously is going to be my ninth position uh, pick, but I think they might be behind at the start of the season, maybe because they did have a lot of trouble, but I see them progressing more rapidly throughout the season than Williams due to their driver lineup. Cool. Yeah. I, um, I went for ninth because uh, yeah, the struggles in preseason testing didn't fill me with much hope. Um, I do agree that Bottas um, is a lot better than a lot of people give him credit for. And I, could see him putting in some uh, performances, um, you know, putting it in a Q3. But I guess my rating is because I feel like uh, another team might do a fair bit better, but we'll go into that later. Yeah, I'm excited to see how Alfa Romeo get on. I'd like to see them do better this year, but I just, I don't know, maybe I'm just too much of a pessimist. But, you know, like you say, Valtteri Bottas, he's entering his 10th year in Formula One now. So that's going to be such valuable experience. And especially with him being at a top team like Mercedes, you know, we've seen how successful that environment is. So him being part of that and hopefully he can bring elements of that 
work ethic and things to Alfa Romeo. Um, but also with Guan Yu Zhou on the team as well, he's going to be getting used to how the team operates, um, how an F1 car operates, because he has very limited running and experience. Now he's done, um, I think, one FP1 session, which he um, did with Alpine last year. So it's going to be a huge learning curve for him and the team. Uh, but I would I would really like it if we could see a few little special moments for the team this year. Um, but I'm with Tommy. I think there are other teams on the grid that have got better things in place to make that progression compared to the likes of Alpha and Haas. Interesting opinions. Love that. Very respectful. F1 Twitter, take notes. Next up, Williams. I have put them in ninth. I have gone for eighth. I have also gone for eighth. I love how it's like, they're going to do so much better. Puts them eighth. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll go into it. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So for me, ninth, um, I I think it'll be quite close between Alfa Romeo and Williams. Potentially, Williams will have a better car because we saw, I mean, last year, I know it's quite difficult to compare because we have got new rules, but Williams, you know, had those stellar moments. But, you know, you could say a lot of that was down to George Russell outperforming the car. I think that maybe Williams will produce quite a good, uh, car this year. I think, you know, Jos Capito at the helm seems very passionate about uh, moving this team forward. And there's a lot less um, concerns about keeping the team running in terms of financials. So I think there will be, again, you know, some hopeful stellar performances from Williams, but the driver lineup holds me back slightly uh, with it being Latifi and Albon. Obviously, Albon very much going to be finding his feet again in Formula One, very inexperienced. You now he's had, not very, but I mean, he's had a, a season and a bit, but it's nothing really in the grand scheme of when you compare it to Alfa Romeo and Bottas in my, you know, in my humble opinion, I think experience will, will come to the front uh, in this, in this particular 2022 season. So Latifi and Albon working together. I don't know. I, I, I don't massively rate Latifi. I know. So I'm sorry, Gotifi fans out there. I don't massively rate him as a particular person that can extract the most out of the car. So I feel like that might hold the team back slightly this year and Alfa Romeo will pip them. Yeah, I think, Latifi and Albon, they're both, to me, on quite an, a level playing field in terms of how I rate each driver. Obviously, I rate them both well. They're in Formula One. They, In my opinion, they both deserve to be there. But there's not one driver there like when you had Latifi and Russell that's like a star. And that could maybe help the team if everyone feels like they're on a level playing field there isn't an, a what number one and number two driver and the number two driver gets you know pissed off or whatever so um that could maybe play to Williams benefit this year uh, also as you mentioned Jos Capito he's fully come in like a bulldozer shaking things up um and it's clearly having good effects because Williams actually managed to get some points last year um, but one thing and one of the main reasons why I've put them eighth is because of this technical partnership that they are having with Mercedes, which is starting this year. Um, I think that could be a really important factor in how their 2022 season goes. Um, and I feel like there's just enough building blocks that are slowly helping Williams um, get a bit of a stronger foundation, which seems like a crazy sentence to say when you look at how competitive Williams were all those years ago. Um, but yeah, they needed a kick up the backside, um, maybe, you know, fresh set of people in the management structure there, um, maybe some new drivers as well. Um, and I hope that this will be the start of like building on what they managed last year. I've gone for something. Yeah, my mind's obviously the same order. But my 
my thinking behind it is I actually think that Williams could be all right. And I almost wanted to put them ahead of Aston Martin, which I know is quite controversial. Saucy. Um, however, uh, I think even if that Williams was better than Aston Martin, unfortunately, with the greatest of respect to Albon and Latifi, I, I don't rate the lineup as highly as, as Aston Martin. And I think that inexperience of, uh, like you said, Matt, of like not having a George Russell that I feel, you know, I feel like Albon will have his moments and get points occasionally uh, and, and that, but I don't, you know, I can't see him doing, uh, I'd be very amazed if he did what George Russell did and, you know, where he's completely outperforming that car uh, where it needs to be. So for me, I could almost see them being better than Aston Martin at the start of the season, but it's the lineup is what bumps them down to eighth for me because I, I'm not, not hugely wowed by it with the greatest respect to both drivers. No hate. I'm allowed an opinion. <laughs> I love this, by the way. Tommy just every time he gives some sort of negative opinion, with the greatest respect to uh, everybody on the paddock. You're all amazing. Yeah, you're all wonderful. But <laughs> if I could give you all first, I would. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, participation and, and, sticker. Yeah. yeah, it's like you jump off the fence. You're like, wait, no, hold on. I don't like this. Let me get back on. Here we go. Uh, right. Next up, we have Aston Martin. Now, I have put them seventh. Tommy? Seventh. I'm gone. <laughs> How have you not grasped? I know. I don't know why. <laughs> I it's a suspenseful pause. It's a suspense. I wanted to create some I wanted to create some suspense for uh, the result that I said in the previous one. <laughs> yeah. Well I did a drum roll in. Uh, Tommy's in gone post. for seventh, despite the delay, yeah. And Casey? <laughs> I've gone for sixth and I've got faith in Aston Martin this year. Would you, Whether would that's you rather, sensible or not. Well, look, have faith. That's fair. Maybe it's the livery that's bringing you, bringing you in. Uh, maybe, Tommy, I should say, Tommy, what would you like to rate? Would that be better? Would that be better if I said that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've gone for seventh. Um, it, this is where it gets very difficult. I don't think it's going to be a standout like Aston Martin. Wow, well off the pace of the likes of Alpine, AlphaTauri, McLaren, etc. I just, I don't know. I just feel like the struggles there are still, you know, they've, they've lost... Um, their team principal, there, there are shakeups going on there at Aston Martin that, you know, despite Lawrence Stroll coming in with this big wad of cash, I don't think they've really got to the level of which they wanted to. And, you know, they can't just throw billions at this, 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 this whole operation because there's a massive cost cap. So I just don't think, I think Vettel is obviously a great, great driver and hopefully he will, you know, sort of build on those, sort of miracle performances that he had last year and have more consistency this year because I wasn't wowed by Vettel's performance last season, really over the course of the entire season. And Stroll really didn't turn up in those big, crazy races. So maybe there's a lack of confidence a little bit in the team as well because of the fact that Aston had promised maybe Vettel and, Vettel and Stroll this you know amazing operation where they're going to be at the front and they weren't. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just think that perhaps it will take them another year or two to to get well and truly in the midfield and towards the front yeah and there's still that team that um while they were obviously racing point who are the team that punched above their weight uh we know uh partly the reason for, for that was them just copying the mercedes and then having a really good car that season and then now um that doesn't seem to be working they're, they're not as um competitive uh and like you say the stroll um 
the Stroll era of Aston Martin is still underway. You know, they're still building their their factory. So it still is that little Silverstone team, really. Uh, just just because uh, Lawrence Stroll's there looking, you know, like a big, important guy and saying how well they're going to do. Um, they can only do so much until, you know, they've grown as a team and built, uh, you know, even Mercedes when they came back to Formula One weren't absolutely dominant straight away. It took a few years. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I personally just not really buying the Aston Martin hype. Uh, and just, I think they'll, I personally just feel like they might struggle. To be fair, the slower they are, the more we can appreciate the livery. Yeah, there you go. Big brain thinking. <laughs> big brain energy. Is that a thing? Big brain thinking? Big brain energy? Uh, it yeah, up. it will make it. I may make most of my things up anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. I feel like Aston Martin are going to have a better year than last year. Mind you, I don't know if that's particularly difficult. Um, they had some standout moments, obviously, um, in Baku with Vettel um, and Hungary, but we don't talk about Hungary. Uh, but I would like to think that they will make progression on last year. The reason that I've put them up to sixth is, yeah, because comparing others that we're going to talk about, um, I'm just hoping that with the Mercedes power behind them and all of this resource that we know is there and the fact that with these 2022 um, regulations and changes that have come into effect, I think they're really in a beneficial place having somebody like Sebastian Vettel in the team. We've seen the way that his mind works. You know, there are drivers on the grid that are just phenomenal racing drivers, yet it takes a certain type of driver that can be able, like a Hamilton or um, you know, an Alonso or somebody like that, and a Vettel, who can also be more than just driving the car quickly. They can help shape the team, really reflect on how the car is, how the car feels. And um, I think Sebastian Vettel is one of those drivers that's able to provide that. We saw it at Red Bull and that's huge successes there. Obviously, if you're going to go into finite details, then maybe that wasn't so successful at Ferrari. Um, but I'm hoping by having somebody like Seb, four-time champion, um, and hit the way he works and his work ethos, that will be beneficial to Aston Martin this year, and they will be able to um, be a bit stronger than some of their opposition. This podcast is sponsored by Gran Turismo 7, available now on PS5 and PS4. Gran Turismo uses the power of the real driving simulator, which has been developed over the last 25 years to create the ultimate immersive experience. So whether your thing is racing, car collecting, tuning for those last crucial tenths of a second of performance, designing your livery or even photography, Gran Turismo will let you find your line. There's a wide range of game modes for everyone, including fan favourites Arcade, Driving School and GT Campaign Mode. And the legendary GT Simulation Mode allows you to buy and sell, tune and race your way through a solo campaign, unlocking new cars and challenges along the way. There's over 420 cars available from day one, with Gran Turismo recreating both the look and driving feel of iconic supercars. There's more than 90 tracks to race them on, including some classic circuits from GT history and a wide range of weather conditions to test your skills in. Gran Turismo really makes the most of the technology of the PS5, with adaptive triggers letting you feel the all-important variation in braking resistance and 3D audio allowing you to know exactly where your rivals are when racing wheel-to-wheel. That, combined with the haptic feedback, means you can really feel the car under you. Internet is required for most functionality. Find your line with Gran Turismo 7. 
It's time to step up your game with Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to give them the right tools for the job. Go to manscaped.com and use code WTF1 for 20% off plus free shipping. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 contains six essential tools for the ultimate below-the-waist grooming routine. Inside, you'll find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. The advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. It also comes equipped with a 4000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2022 looks to be. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WTF1 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code WTF1. Have no regrets this year with our friends at Manscaped. Good stuff. Moving on now to another A, Alpha Tauri. And uh, I have put them in fifth place. Oh, I've also gone for fifth place. Tommy, what have you gone for? I've gone for sixth, <laughs> I've gone for sixth place. Oh, I love it. We're all going for announcer voices now. That's, that's, that's what I like to see. Yeah, so fifth place for me. When you reflect last year on Alpha Tauri, I feel like they really let go a lot of points not just through mistakes a lot of it on Sonoda's side but also from the team and the strategy <laughs> sorry I don't want to bash Sonoda too much but I feel like I'm going to now not be I'm going to be almost buying my ticket for a one-way um, choo-choo to Sonoda land um, but not not quite you know I'm just kind of assessing what the prices are uh, but yeah Alpha Tari, I think you know they had a great package last year Gasly showed that but there was a lot of blunders in strategy and things the team themselves can definitely learn and improve that doesn't have anything to do with the actual car itself. It's just their, their, their strategy workings. So for me, if they have a similarly good car and Sonoda showing towards the end of the season that he was actually kind of getting to grips with the car a little bit, obviously he finished the season on a high, despite, you know, it was a crazy race, but still finished the season on a high. I mean, he, he even admitted that, he was in terrible shape and his team boss was in better shape than he was. So I'd like to think that he will then, you know, do a lot more training. You know, he hates that sort of side, but, you know, he needs to do that in order to compete right at the front to have that both physical and mental capacity to be able to not make mistakes. So for me, if he sorts that out, irons it out, becomes a bit more consistent and Gasly's doing his worldy performances in qualifying and whatnot, they could score big points. Um, so yeah, I think with that, and then also with the team working in unison with them, with the strategy, and not making so many mistakes, P five could could easily be theirs. Yeah, watching Alpha Tauri last year was incredibly frustrating because you could see how much potential there was there, and even pre season, you know, we did our F one fantasy, and I put like so much behind Alpha Tauri because I was like, yes, they're going to be the underdogs. Matt, who, who you won, won that last year? You won Sorry, it, I didn't. Okay. Know. Uh, Matt won the fantasy. Um, but actually, yeah, I, put, I actually yeah, did, genuinely haven't even absolutely checked. Absolutely trounced. Oh, okay, you. fair play. Yeah, because I think I went for <laughs> the Sonoda hype train. Yeah, yeah Yuki, everything. Yeah. Um, but we saw with Pierre Gasly's performances last year that there was something to the car. But like you say, Matt, with maybe poor strategy calls um, and Yuki really struggling um, and not doing well. Uh, they didn't reach the full potential that I think a lot of us F1 fans knew they had. So I'm hoping with um, Pierre, you know, coming back, he's just his own little ray of sunshine. He can do what he needs. He doesn't need, you know, hand-holding. He'll just rock up, set impressive laps in quali, do the business. Yuki, 
as you say, he's getting to that place now. Obviously, he had a, a great result in Abu Dhabi last year. Hopefully, over the winter break, he's regained that confidence. He's been training more. He knows what he needs to do, what he shouldn't do. Um, and I'm really hoping that the Alpha Tauri duo are a, a strong team for 2022. Okay, so my reasoning <laughs> behind six you hate Yuki is, Snyder. is exactly the same as last year. Um, yeah, you can see how much I think the order is going to shake up uh, because this you is just- the... This you is made a Yuki pun. You can see. You can see. <laughs> you can. You can, <laughs> you can see. see. Didn't, didn't realize. Um, wow. <laughs> I, even, I didn't, even I yeah, didn't quite onto that. <laughs> um, yeah, you can see how much I think that the order is going to mix up sarcasm by uh, how this is the. Uh, we do, we're doing this in order of last championship champ- last year, yeah. and I've gone tenth, ninth, eighth, seventh, sixth so far. Um, so yes, big mix up. Um, I basically feel like Alpha Tauri will again be maybe even better than Alpine. Um, but however much it pains me to say it, uh, I don't think their drive lineup is as good. Uh, and obviously, Sonoda, while had an amazing end to the year in that uh, in Abu Dhabi, and I think he's now realised that he needs to take Formula One a bit more seriously, and he's been given this opportunity, and even surprised himself that he. Uh, doesn't want to, um, yeah, that he wasn't fit enough and all this kind of stuff. Um, I just can't see, uh, I don't know, I just can't see them scoring as many points as uh, a certain team with a, one of the best drivers ever. Oh, in it. <laughs> um, and I hope I'm wrong because obviously I want Yuki to win the world championship. But yeah, no, you I can't, don't can't think, say that. I don't think uh, they will. I think they'll be six. Yeah, who would you win, want to win it? Yuki or Max, would you want to win the world championship? So no, yeah, definitely. Wow, goodness, get rid of that flag immediately. <laughs> um, one thing actually to add to AlphaTauri before we move on is that I think a problem that they had, and it kind of comes with strategy, is that they had a really good car, but they kept acting like they were a back of the midfield team, like with some of their strategy calls and their tire yeah. choices. Like I will never get over Imola where they started Gasly on wet tires from was it fifth on the grid or fourth on the grid or something? Everyone knew that was going to be their best race of the year because they'd done like testing. Now the car was really good at the start of the season yeah. before everyone had caught up. And there was genuine hype that they could like get a podium in that race. Yeah. And they just were like, they no, let's the do a crazy when, gamble. Obviously they'd look incredible if it paid off, but it was nowhere near paying off. And <laughs> Do that with Sonoda that was last. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, very odd. But anyway, uh, moving on. So to Alpine, I've put them sixth. I've gone for fifth. I've gone for seventh. Wow. <laughs> Finally, a bit of big, big variation. Mixer. More than one place. Mm. Love to see that. <laughs> uh, yeah, for me, for Alpine, I don't know. I just I just don't see them having as good a car as Alpha Tauri. I know Fernando Alonso is very much one of the best drivers ever, according to Tommy. Um, I don't know. They just seem to be kind of very inconsistent last year in terms of performances. Like one weekend, they would just be on it. And you'd think, okay, wow, Alpine have arrived. They're in Q3. They're looking great. And other times they'll just be knocked out. Like Ocon had that terrible run of races after he signed his 25-year contract or whatever it is. Obviously not 25, it is sarcasm. Um <laughs> You know, so, so I felt, again, there was kind of peaks and troughs with Alpine. Of course, you had Ocon's win, things like, you know, uh, 
uh, Alonso at Qatar was was amazing to watch and clearly showed that Fernando still very much has the racecraft. Um, but no, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I've almost put Alpine sixth rather than fifth just purely because of their car launch and then they did it in a conference centre. And I think I'm still angry uh, about that. So uh, yeah, I'm, I've put them sixth, but I think it will be close with Alpha Tauri. I just, I think Alpha Tauri will perform better as opposed to Alpine potentially slipping off. Yeah, we they do deserve to be punished for that terrible launch. Um, yeah, like I said in the previous one, Alpine versus Alpha Tauri, the incredible, uh, you know, jewel, the jewel, Sonoda versus Ocon, the thirteenth um, of the French Grand Prix. <laughs> uh, they will, yeah, it'd be interesting. I feel, I feel like that will be a battle. Um, Alpine for me is so funny because. You know, they did all this L plan. Yes, uh, we're going to be, you know, this amazing team. Uh, we're we're waiting for uh, a new regulation change, and then we're going to give Alonso the world title he deserves. Uh, and now it's gone into the season, and they're like, we're hoping to be fifth in the championship, which is where we finished last year. Um, so you can tell they're really, really confident. Um, but my confidence comes from even if the car is an absolute um, tractor, Alonso will still get points every race in it pretty much. So um, that's race. where... Every race. Every race. <laughs> just Fernando be like will consistent. also tweet about okay. it as well. Yeah. Fernando loves tweet. tweeting that yeah, he has a point he streak. Does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I think I think Alonso will... Uh, I think where Alpine tips over the edges, because apparently I'm an Alonso fanboy now, um, is Alonso's brilliance. <laughs> or maybe Alonso win the championship. Ocon have a terrible season. Katie gets a tattoo uh, and they still finish fifth in the constructors. Maybe. There you go. Wow, that's bold. I mean, that would that's literally not possible, I don't think. But anyway. I don't, I don't think it is, no, which I'm quite relieved by. Um, yeah, I think Alpine, I would like to see them do better than they did last year because there is a lot of um, hype around them. Obviously, before they moved to Alpine, they were Renault and Danny Rick managed to pick him up two podiums. Ocon got that podium second place in um, Sakir. But yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it's it sounds weird saying it because they literally won a race last year. But I can't see Alpine making a massive step forward. And I know everybody's going to go, testing's not representative of everything. But things didn't seem to go particularly smoothly in Shakedown in Barcelona. They seem to be having issues with DRS, whether they publicly admit it or not they haven't been running with the drs open so i don't know what's going on there but hopefully they fix it in time for uh bahrain testing they've also got the disadvantage i would argue it's a disadvantage of being the only car on the grid with a renault power unit they haven't got um anyone else on the the grid that they can maybe look at data from or talk about you know are you finding it's doing this or doing that it's literally just themselves out there on their own and the fact that it's a renault power unit (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just full stop. I should have just finished the sentence (laughs) with the point there. And yeah, unfortunately, although they've got a great lineup of Alonso and Ocon, I just feel like there are other teams on the grid that have got better um, positives to their 2022 campaign than Alpine currently do at the moment. Um, So yeah, I've gone for seventh, which is a bit of a (laughs) drop back for them. Yeah, Fernando will not be happy with that one, I can tell you that. Apparently I'm a Fernando Alonso hater, so... Mm. (laughs) Maybe oh, it's because well. you promised the tattoo that you're just kind of going the, the you're trying to manifest yeah, the other yeah. side of the championship. <laughs> yeah, fair. Okay, Maybe. so that's Alpine done. Now we move to McLaren, and we've all just like Hass agreed with each other. I've gone four fourth. 
I've also gone for fourth. I've gone for fourth. Just in case you didn't know what agree with each other means, yeah. I just wanted you to say <laughs> the position anyway. Yeah, fourth for McLaren. Um, look, this is where it gets very difficult because, of course, we've had three days of testing. We're very much looking at our crystal ball. Um, but for me, driver lineup wise, of course, Lando Norris had an incredible season last year, kind of tailed off towards the end. Uh, you know, you've got to be honest. Danny Rick definitely got closer, but I, knew, I never thought I would say this, but Danny Rick struggling is not something that it kind of casts a bit of doubt in my mind. When we look at the other three lineups ahead of fourth, I think the McLaren have probably the weakest lineup of, of those four. If we were to collectively put the two drivers together, not by much, but I think that will be a, a participating factor. I think McLaren, they did have a, a decent test. Don't get me wrong. You know, they did do a lot of mileage, uh, but for me, I just see them. Oh, it's difficult, isn't it? I'm sorry, McLaren fans. I really am, but I've put them fourth. I don't have. To, I don't have to reason with you. <laughs> but no, I. I. I think it'll be close. I, don't get me wrong. I don't think they'll be 150 points off of third. But um, yeah, I think they'll they'll slot in behind Ferrari, Red Bull, Mercedes. This top four has been really difficult to decide. Although I'm was quite quick to put down who I think will will be first. The others is quite a difficult um me too i was really quick to put down first as well yeah i wonder why <laughs> but uh they're all uber competitive and have got like you say great driver lineups i like you and like most fans was worried about danny rick last year but um you know he got the, the victory in monza and things seem to be on the up for him and now he's had the chance to go back home, spend some quality time with his family, which I'm sure will help, um, and really refocus on the year ahead. Um, I'm sure it was probably quite a um, slippery slope to be on when you go into a new season, you think, you know, oh, I'm going to absolutely wipe the floor with Lando. You know, he's only a kid. I've got all these experience. I've got all these Grand Prix wins that he doesn't have. And then you kind of lose your footing and you've got Lando who's like, yeah, Lando's the best. He's like becoming the number one driver in McLaren and, try, and trying to like navigate yourself in a new team whilst also slowly falling back, having Lando be like the best in the team and having everyone on social media pile on you. I imagine that actually being able to take that step back and um, recalibrate over the winter break will actually be a huge mental benefit to ricardo this year um so hopefully the two of them will be a, a good lineup and they'll be fresh and ready for a brand new set of regs and stuff but yeah i think the other three teams are gonna have a slightly better package this year um but i still think we're gonna see a couple of mclaren podiums which will be lovely yeah it wasn't the easiest order to pick but i mean i could be wrong and again we've just gone on testing and especially the first the first test that was done, very secretive. Um, Bahrain test is only a week away and we might go, oh dear, what have we done here with these? Um, but that's part of the fun is obviously just predicting. And yes, we're probably going to be wrong. But I was probably most, I, I personally putting McLaren fourth was like a bit of a no brainer for me. I think that they would, I'm almost slightly concerned that they might be in a bit of no man's land where they're clear of those other uh, teams but maybe not um i found the next three spoiler alert a little bit more difficult to order but one thing that is quite funny 
is uh, on the last podcast, I said that there's no way a team is going to break into that top four. And we've none of like, it, it kind of got quite a reaction of like, Oh, really? Okay. And uh, none, none of us have, <laughs> none of us have put a team in there. So yeah. it clearly uh, has changed already, which is quite amusing. Um, so yes, the biggest shakeup in uh, Formula One history so far for me has been exactly the same order as 2021 so far. <laughs> to be fair, you make a very good point. Uh, and I did forget that I had uh, committed <laughs> to having a different team in the top four. Uh, but then I think that's more... But then more you actually wishful. listed it and then yeah. went, and actually, I looked at my there's no went, chance that's going to happen. And uh, yeah, the only team, and I know I've put like, I don't know, mate. obviously I put Alpha Tauri fifth, but then I look at them and go, could they beat McLaren? I think McLaren would have to have a terrible season. Danny Rick... Was. Sonoda would have to step up massively and Danny yeah. Rick have an absolute shocker, I think, yeah, for Tari yeah, yeah. to beat them. Interesting. You've caught me out there. Well played. That's why you <laughs> want to do that. Um, but yeah, fourth it for It's amusing us. that, yeah, we all were just like, yep, fourth McLaren. Yeah. These Quite. are our predictions, our wishful thinking. That, uh, that was what I was going off of. Uh, Speaking previously. of wishful thinking. Shut up. Right, next up, <laughs> we have Ferrari, of course, finishing third last year. I have put them first. I've put them second. I've also gone for second. Yeah, I don't care what you think, to be honest with you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Well, I'm just, I've already left the station, already uh, got a full passenger load of hype train um, ticket holders. Welcome, everybody. Um, I just think that their lineup, Leclerc and Sainz, not something we really expected probably going into uh, last season, of course, Science did do very well in McLaren, but until you you know you put up against someone that is considered to be a world champion in the future, you don't really know. But of course, Science did outscore Leclerc. I don't think he outperformed him over the course of the season. It's just the way that some of the races went. But generally, they you know genuinely they were both very similar uh, in terms of getting performances and great performances at different points in the season. So you know, Ferrari looked great in testing. I'm just willing to put my neck on the line and, and manifest this till the last re- the last the last point they are mathematically out of the championship. I will be manifesting it, even if they are 99 points behind with four races to go. I will manifest it. Uh, so yeah, I think there is a great opportunity for Ferrari. It seems you know they've been hyping themselves up. They've been saying, "Yeah, we've got back all the horsepower that we lost through this new fuel." Things like that, you know, it's their fault, if anything, for, you know, making me hyped. So, and they had a great first test. Sign me up. Ferrari for the win. (laughs) Okay. I am at the station where the Ferrari hype train is about to leave. Oh, no, no, it's gone, mate. I've bought bought a ticket and um, I've sort of got... You're on the replacement bus service. Yeah. I don't see you. Oh, yeah, we'll have (laughs) have to send you another one. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think, as uh, people probably worked out, this is the first team that I've put in a different order uh, to last year, um, bumping them up a place. Uh, I think the reason I've put them a bit lower is I do think they will be. I I hope I really do hope, and I would like to see it. I think they will challenge for the constructors' title. The reason uh, I don't think they will beat the team that I've chosen is because they're the team that I've chosen. And also uh, there's definitely going to be some fireworks if the, between Science and Leclerc, if that car is as good as uh, we all hope and think it might be um, because yeah, they're, they're definitely going to have a bit of a, 
spicy action if they're watch, on the track uh, together. Watch the team to not be in the top four be Ferrari after all of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ultimate WTF1 jinx of all time. Yeah, I'm um I'm surprised I've put Ferrari here because although maybe <laughs> My propaganda I've been in- has worked. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe it's the influence of you two. I think obviously the car it's visually stunning, but that doesn't really equate to much <laughs> in terms of time on track but yeah in testing they looked a relatively strong team we've already said that the lineup of Carlos and Charles is a phenomenal lineup it's very strong um but it will be super interesting to see what happens when that if oh sorry maybe it should be when we get to races and the car is competitive because yeah that's going to be um two drivers that uh, I would like to see lock horns because that's going to be very entertaining. Um, so sorry, Matt, for wanting a bit of <laughs> a bit of drama and a bit of spice there. But yeah, I um, I feel like also with the the hybrid um, upgrades that they bought towards the end of last year, they looked really strong. And um, I am yeah also at the station for the Ferrari hype train, but I'm happy to take a second the second service. So. I see. No, well, let, I mean, I, I tell you now that the Can second replacement hype train <laughs> service is not as good as the first hype train. You know, it's like our. It's you know, the empty one that was in that photo shop. Yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for those people that didn't see our live watch along, there was an incredible uh, edit of of me driving a Ferrari hype train, literally hanging out of the window. So um, that's yes. not very safe. Are you no, the only one on it? <laughs> yeah, I was the only one on it. That is the replacement service. Is me driving? So yeah, not great. Right, oh, moving gosh. on to the uh, penultimate team. The team that finished second in the championship the constructors championship last year was red bull and i have put them second again i have shuffled them down to third i have put them third suspenseful wow okay so i've gone with second um because i for whatever reason i'm just on this this idea that mercedes aren't going to be as good as everyone's thinking um you know whether there is some you know otherworldly sense that I've got going on right now, which is either very accurate or really inaccurate. We'll find out at round one. But um, yeah, I think Red Bull will still be very competitive. I think Max Verstappen will be even more um, charged after last year. And, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about Hamilton being the one charged, but I think Verstappen being a world champion and having number one on the car will just make him even more fierce in order to, to not lose his championship. Whether that fierceness will be too much fierceness we will find out because it was, it was spilling it was spilling over last year and i don't think anyone wants to see that but i think with the, thank you casey Sorry. That. fierce um fierce. but yeah i think with the new race directors max is going to have to watch out a little bit um because i don't think they're going to take as much um rubbish uh, as what potentially he did uh, towards the end of the season in terms of some of his defensive maneuvers um but you know there's there's a lot of variables a lot of factors but for me I think Red Bull will beat Mercedes, but they won't beat Ferrari. I'm interested to hear what Tommy's response to your comments there were, Matt. Um, But yeah, I feel Red Bull put a lot of eggs in their 2021 basket and they even admitted to doing so. Um, So I think this year might be a bit of a reality check. Yes, they've got about three trillion pounds coming in from crypto sponsors and all sorts of other things that they can put towards helping things behind the scenes because obviously we've got the cost cap but yeah I um 
I think that they're not going to be, you know, absolutely bulldozing the competition this year. Um, also, you've got to remember that Honda departed Red Bull last year, although it's not a complete clean break. You know, um, Yamamoto, who's a Honda boss, is taking a, a consultancy role at Red Bull. Um, and there's talks that there's still some sort of maybe a bit of an underground relationship going on there. So it's not like they've just been completely left in the dark with this Honda power unit or Red Bull powertrains as it's now rebranded to. And they're looking for an instruction manual. I'm not sure how to work the thing. Like it's not going to be that dramatic, but yeah, I just feel like they threw everything at 2021. And uh, because this year is a bit of a learning curve for everyone, I think they might be happy just to get settled, find their flow, um, and then they'll be full attack uh, for, for next year. Uh, I certainly don't think the Formula One team would be happy just to <laughs> sit and just wait for another year. But um, yeah, Red Bull, I see, I see what you mean in terms of like they threw everything in it and that's why I put them lower as well. But I still think they're going to go out uh, all guns blazing and i think they'll be for me the reason i put them third is because of the kind of uh, how can i word this without getting cancelled the driver lineup uh, and verstappen you know being uh, they're, they're very much a verstappen team i mean he's just signed an absolute mega contract um which in my head is really hoping that that means the car's good that he's he's, he's gone out for one uh one day of te- uh, sorry three days of testing and gone uh, yeah, sign me up to 2028, please. Um, but I think where they'll be let down a little bit is um, the second driver. I don't think that's because Perez is a bad driver. I think it's because that team is completely built around Max Verstappen. And, you know, even if I've put them third, but I think Max could still be challenging for the world title in the drivers here. Um even though they're third in the constructors, uh, because uh, I've said it before that while I can see Mercedes and Ferrari getting uh, the the better constructors and we did it in our driver lineup ratings, um, for me, that could work in Max's favor that they're there taking points off each other. And Max is going to be the one that, you know, can just, get consistent podiums and wins or whatever and he doesn't have to worry that Perez is going to finish ahead of him and take points off him uh, if that if that is still the case that it was uh, last year so I've gone for third because uh, I just think that the constructors championship is not really their their thing and they will push hard again uh, for the drivers uh, with Max Verstappen Cool. So you've somehow managed to say Red Bull will be worse, but Max will win the title. I yeah. like the way you. I like the like yeah, fanboy yeah. coming out there. <laughs> and finally, of course, the the reigning constructors champions uh, eight times in a row. Uh, Mercedes. I put them third. And I've gone. Oh, God, sorry, I mean, sorry. I've gone first. <laughs> literally, we're you didn't give me my cue. What cue? You meant Tommy. to go, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've gone for surprisingly first. And I've also gone for first. Yeah, quite obvious. But I thought, you know, we'd finish it off with, you know, audio <laughs> listeners that can't see the table. And they might have thought, oh, it's eighth field. Anyway, um, I've gone for third just purely because, you know, the, the team's going to be toppled at some point, you know, and can they do it again? <laughs> I as, as in 40 years time. Mercedes will lose at some <laughs> yeah. point. 50 years in a row they've won. <laughs> um, but no, I, you know, they can't 
last at the top forever is my thinking. And um, I, you know, a lot of it, you know, saying about Red Bull throwing a lot of eggs in that basket of uh, trying to uh, keep the performance up all the way to the end. I think Mercedes did very similar things as well. You know, they had to put a lot of, lot of resources, especially at the start of the season, to figure out what on earth these sort of adjustment of regulations had done to their car because they weren't quick at all. So for me, I think Mercedes have put in a similar amount of resource and they will be the ones to to suffer the most because they can't win another one in a row. That's that's my thinking. That's literally all I've got to base it off is that and, and three uh, three days of testing. You've I think... got a non-refundable ticket on the Ferrari hype train as well. I do, yeah. I can't get back now. So I have to I have to fully <laughs> I have to, to go with this. Um, but no, I think obviously Russell and Hamilton will be an incredible lineup to watch. And you know, I wouldn't be sad at all if they were fighting for the for the win and for the for the constructors and drivers because it'll be amazing to see those two go up head to head and see exactly how they stack up against each other. So um third is what I predict because I have to, because Ferrari's first and Red Bull second. So I can't say joint second with Red Bull. I think it'll be close, uh, but Mercedes third in the championship for me. So Ferrari clear. Um, <laughs> I, I've got a little bit of a different view in the fact that I think they, I feel like Mercedes, not that they didn't put any effort at the end of last year. Obviously they, they were still an incredible car and it, whatever was going on at the end of the season they had an unbelievable car where it just felt almost like you were back to 2020 where Hamilton was guaranteed to win the race like even you know when he started last in Brazil you're like he's winning this race he can't see it anything uh anything else so um the fact that they did that in a year where they went out for pre-season testing and kind of everyone thought they were awful and going to be worse than Williams and then they still won the constructors title uh is just a sign of Mercedes and at the end of the day it's still the same power unit and they're still the team that have uh you know Lewis Hamilton uh in there and all the the uh, all the people you know working on the car to to build an amazing car um and yes I if they do win I just hope it's close um but obviously I predicted that uh, it might be a bit of a Mercedes walkover, but I certainly hope not. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's much more to elaborate on that other than just it's Mercedes. So yeah, yeah, um, it's very good like point. they are at the moment, like one of the best sporting teams that we've ever seen, it, not just in motorsport, but in sport generally, like, they have managed to deliver year after year in a competition where, you know, there are 10 teams on that grid. Each team have incredible members um, who are constantly striving for like new technical advances and all this kind of fancy stuff. But Mercedes are the ones every year that still are at the top of the table come Abu Dhabi. So um, yeah, I I think that that's probably going to continue on. because they, they're just Mercedes. I'd go oh. further. I'd go further with that as well and say that, you know, there's no denying that them going to the hybrid era in 2014 put Mercedes at a massive advantage. And you know, everyone's saying like, oh, you know, the the rules have been there to make Mercedes do well. They've, every other team have had so long to catch up now. And then even last year, you can argue that the the whole like the the rule changes that we all thought were punishing Mercedes and they still won. So I think that's that's why um it's just one of those things where I just can't I can't not put them first because they're Mercedes. 
And I hope that, I think this has probably been the least okay. insight we've given of any team. It's just like Mercedes because Mercedes. Yeah, Thank you, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Have you watched Formula One for the last <laughs> almost well, ten I, years? I had, to, I had to go different. Otherwise, exactly, this is a very yeah. boring prediction table. So, uh, so and where Mercedes British bias, even though they're a German team, but I guess they've got two two British, British drivers, drivers. So yeah, yeah would be a lot, lot British of British player. bias going on between uh, Tommy and Katie. I'm sure there's a lot of comments <laughs> flying in about that. Or have, have already flown in, to be honest. Right there, you go. Then, Tommy, final thoughts. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> Those are my final thoughts. I hope it's not exactly the same order, uh, minus one team switching around like I've predicted. Thanks, Tommy. Manifesting everything wrong with uh, what 2022 is, is going to be. Strong. And uh, Katie, what's your final thoughts? My final thoughts are. Um... You had a while. Having a nice day. You knew this was coming. (laughs) That's a my final thought. Having a nice day. (laughs) Yeah, that's a nice final thought. You knew it was coming. Tommy even said four words despite a sound. I was going to say, I've got one of these Lego McLaren kits coming, but I'm ready for everyone to get British virus. So I didn't think I'd mention it. Oh, maybe it's a Daniel Ricciardo version. You don't know. Yeah, that's true. Who knows? Well, enjoy your your Lego. Um, Thanks. I'll film you for building it's, it it'll take gonna, three it, years it better be like life size for the price that it is it's it's quite quite extortionate isn't it it's but fair i mean i want a lego f1 car but i don't have the patience to build it so there you go my final thoughts are ferrari let's go <laughs> oh my god how can Chew you sit there and say you've had all the and you come yeah. up with that <laughs> well, look, you knew it was gonna happen uh, and everybody's gonna hate me and be like oh matt you're so biased i don't you're know why so italian bias i know yeah you italian just, bias. Th- this italian bias is really starting yeah, to annoy me it's gonna really annoy people that they're gonna think i'm not objective throughout the entire <laughs> season now because uh, if i say anything good about ferrari anyway there you go that is our uh, rundown of 10th to 1st let us know your 10th to 1st in the comments below. Uh, we'll be very interested to see if you agree with Tommy, Katie, or myself. Choo-choo. And, uh, be, yeah, it'd be awesome to see. So, yeah, leave a like if you've enjoyed. Give us, <laughs> give us five stars if you're listening on an audio platform or however you give good feedback because you know you love us. Also, subscribe if you're new because, well, we're nearly a million subscribers. I keep saying it. Can we just get there so I need to stop saying it? And there's a thumbs up from Tommy. Thank you, everybody. I'm enjoying Katie's like. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.